1: to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone.
0: Jonathan Taylor, touchdown,
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, the co-host of the Stadium Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch. Make sure if you haven't subscribed over there, you have, uh, get yourself set up, you can get Sean basically every day of the week uh, on a podcast, either here at Rotoviz Overtime or over with Ben on Stadium Signals. Sean, is the second show of the week, the Thursday edition, we will have another show coming the way of the listeners on Saturday is always three shows a week here on OT, and we mentioned it on the Tuesday show, but we may also, and we are planning at this moment in time as we record this one to record a bonus show on Friday, which will come out in Sunday with some uh, kind of non-NFL related questions as a bonus for hitting episode three hundred. But Sean, we're into week seven. It is the dreaded week seven bye weeks. We locked a lot of our teams when we were drafting uh, in the offseason. A lot of the players we liked we in week seven. Some of those players are now injured, so that doesn't affect it. Some of those players are not playing maybe the way that we were hoping. That may affect it, but there's a lot of teams obviously uh, absent this week that um, a lot of a lot of people probably listening to the show and uh, ourselves included would have drafted this offseason. Uh, is it as bad as we first feared?
2: Well, going through a set in the lineups this week, it definitely reminded us that you do have some waiver work to do. And in, in some cases, this isn't a great... Week for waivers. If you need to fill your wide receiver positions, Colin, you and I are fortunate enough in that our main event team that is uh, in first place here it is looking good this week. So we've we've missed those buys. We even have some extra uh, players on the bench. You know, like Aramandre Stevenson, like Latavius Murray, whom we could play if we needed to. We've got Henry Ruggs on the bench so uh, this week where justin jefferson one of our big stars sits i'm feeling pretty good about that uh there are some other teams in there that are going to be a little bit thinner. curtis and i are potentially working on some dalvin clip trades so if anyone is in our pros who's joe's league listening to the pod uh don't hesitate to to get those out to us <laughs> our team has uh Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook. And that, again, has not worked. So uh, (laughs) we're looking to make some moves in that one as this week looks like a clear loss. Column, I think trying to get through and not lose too much ground in best ball is going to be one of the big points of the week. Not that we can control that from the position we're sitting in right now. But yes, uh, this is a, a big bye week. And I'm kind of looking forward to this week because every once in a while, if you can get through a week where... Uh, everything seems stacked against you. You can come out the other end and you'd be like, now we're ready to really put a burst on going forward. Uh, Blair Andrews and I had a Christian McCaffrey team that also has multiple other injuries. And we had just chalked up last week to another loss and falling out of the win-loss battle entirely, hoping that McCaffrey and Judy and more of the guys who were hurt will come back and that somehow we can put up a string of 200-point weeks over the last month to get back in the points race. And yet we won last week, had one of the higher scores. So it, nine times out of 10 or 95 times out of 100, when you look at your starting lineup and it's terrible, you actually will not score very well. <laughs> so <laughs> that just sort of goes without saying, uh, Blair and I were lucky last week. That won't happen every week. But yeah, I, some of these weeks can be kind of fun because you feel a little bit less pressure when you know that maybe you're less than 50-50 to win. And then when those wins come through anyway, it, it's even a little bit more sweet.
1: Yeah and I also think and we've touched on it a number of times earlier in the season but these are the weeks where I feel like the the teams we have drafted we can put a little bit more pressure on the teams who maybe didn't draft the draft the depth at the wide receiver position or the tight end position we can see how that all shakes out. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun week and uh, pretty excited to see where it rolls. You always feel a little bit more excited after the previous week has gone really well as well. So I think that might be be helping my mood there. Sean, you did mention Latavius Murray on that main event team. I just we didn't touch on it. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on the the Ravens finding that time machine to, you know, get all those running backs from the past onto their current roster.
2: It's been a weird one, right? I mean, not having Williams out there. They have gathered
1: all of the, you know, 2017, 2018 stars and uh, <laughs> slotted them into, They can't. there's not even really one running back there uh, between them all. It got to the stage, I know listening to Stealing Bananas, I believe you referenced uh, Devontae Freeman looking like the, the best of the group. So that, that's where we are at the moment.
2: It is. And and when when that is what your takeaway is, or when that's, the silver lining, then maybe your team still has some work to do at running back. Now we hope that Williams can develop. I think that he will, and I think that he will end up being the guy. But right now, I mean, we've been sort of churning these guys on waivers. A lot of teams have been kind of trying to stash one of the other of the backs with their twentieth roster spot when those guys are available. When you have an injury. Now, some weeks you'll get through. Everyone on your team looks good. You won't suffer any major injuries. You don't have to make any big moves other than to take guys who maybe you would bid 250 for or 500. Mm-hmm. You still make those moves, replace the last guy on your roster. Uh, if you don't have that, then you might sit tight, not waste any of the budget, and you might not pick up a Devontae Freeman. But he's still out there in a lot of leagues. He looked pretty good. And it's not just that he looked pretty good, but Murray and Bell, goodness, that's that's not the direction that a team has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations with their defense looking so good against the Chargers with Lamar Jackson ready maybe to take a next step in his career, right? The performance that he had kind of going into this last week where they didn't need it as much. It's kind of funny to think that it was a game against the Chargers where they didn't need him, but he's taking a step forward. They have Bateman now to go with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. I mean, this is a team that can legitimately go against the Bills and the Chiefs. And, yes, the Chiefs are going to still be there at the end. I mean, those three teams looking to be the AFC champions. And then probably the favorites in the Super Bowl against whoever comes out of an NFC that's deeper but doesn't have that top level. So, you know, we'll see what they do at the running back position. There might still be some moves. You know, maybe they I was just going
1: to say, uh, I didn't, I, we should be talking up uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, because – Apparently, they're going to trade these running backs, these veteran running backs for great draft capital. So, you know, the the Ravens, <laughs> if they can trade these guys, then maybe Williams will become the the lead back there again.
2: Well, right. And it seems to me like they're trying to work up something where they can maybe trade Murray, Bell, and Freeman for Marlon Mack. Se- and,
1: seventh round pick.
2: Yeah, well, and then, you know, the Colts will have even more excuses to not use Jonathan Taylor in the first half. So... Anyway, yes, none of that is going to happen. Obviously, Devontae Freeman, probably the guy. I think that he is a great pickup this week. Although, you know, we'll come back next week and Latavius Murray will have had 25 carries, and we'll be glad that we still have him. So, yeah, probably sitting tight with that one there.
1: Yeah, fun show note for the listeners. This show is uh, meant to be all about wide receivers today, but uh, we started off with some running backs. So we'll uh, we'll move into the the wide receivers now. But Sean. Two very fascinating wide receivers and you know a fascinating team at the moment is the Rams. Um, in the offseason, like I have Robert Woods on Dynasty rosters. I didn't really draft either of these guys um, in the offseason. Um, we were leaning a little bit more towards Cooper Cup, but um, based on their ADPs at the time, there were two players we were kind of leaning away from. We have seen Robert Woods have a couple of nice games recently, but Cooper Cup has, he has really just smashed. We talked about Derrick Henry earlier this week on the the tuesday show but i think at this point in time cooper cup might be the the, the derrick henry of wide receivers in terms of the the points and the performances that he's put up but you noted in uh, your piece earlier this week some um you know insights that you were able to to pull from some of the tools on the website to, to see the, some of the advantages that that would come the way off both wide receivers in this matchup
2: exactly and, and this was kind of a fun week we know that uh, some of our buddies over at Ship Chasing and some of the shows that they do had a big win with C.D. Lamb, and we're going to talk about. But those guys were on the Rams. I know that Pat was on the Rams, and uh, this was a great week to play these Rams receivers. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I mean, it's it's always a great week. You're you're going to play these guys regardless. And if you have them on a regular team, that's definitely the case. If you're playing in a DFS environment. Then you're looking at someone like Cooper Cup, wondering what the ownership level is going to be, having to factor in the salary. And you're going to only go with these guys when the stars are going to absolutely crush. And so we look at Dave's article on this, and so when we're trying to decide whether or not we would play one of these star players, we have a lot of tools that will really give you a sense of, you know, is this the week where they have the massive, massive upside? So one of the things we have is the GPS matchup Raider. Uh, Dave mentions in his wide receiver cornerback piece, that cup was plus 32% in terms of how he matched up with the New York Giants. He also had some cool stats in here that are from our new advanced stats tool. You can go to the site, go to that tool, click on pass defense tab, get in here and get all of this information about how the corners are playing. Who's allowing what, you know, yards, fantasy points, all that kind of thing. And then Dave comes through with his article where he has even more advanced stats in there. He talks about New York sitting 30th in yards allowed per coverage snap. And that on top of that, they had allowed the highest percentage of passing yards on post routes. And that that worked out great because the Rams were the second highest percentage of teams in terms of post routes run. And so all of these kind of crucial pieces of information pointing in the same direction. That's one of the things that we're looking for. We have tools that look at the games from a wide variety of angles. Sometimes one tool will point you in a positive direction on a player. Another tool will point you in a negative direction on a player. That's not a flaw, right? And that's giving us different ways to look at it and understanding that there are different pieces of information that are conflicting. And it's not that we couldn't play a player in that situation, but we want to have that information and look at that and say, okay, well, you know, maybe this isn't the guy this week or based on my other observations, what I've been looking at, I want to go in that direction. But the cool part is that Dave has so much in this piece. He puts together a Google doc for you, looking at all of the teams, how their matchups fit on a per player basis, on a team basis, all of these things that you can use to make these tough decisions in any given week. And so uh, I thought this was really cool that cup came out and had a monster game on top of column as we talked about just a fantastic overall season currently ranks number one in targets he is second in yards his air yard numbers are good because uh, just of the total targets his target depth is right there in the range where you can be targeted a lot just over nine And then his air conversion rate is over one. And we're talking about the receivers who are currently sitting with a number over one. We're talking about guys like cup and then CD lamb who blew up in the night game. And Chris Godwin who hasn't generated the big plays has missed on some of his end zone attempts on weeks where Antonio Brown or Mike Evans hit, but Chris Godwin's still playing very, very well and doing a lot of things that we talked about there. So we look at those numbers. We know that for Godwin and Cup, especially based on the target depth and the quality of the quarterback play, that perhaps those air conversion numbers kind of fit into what we would hope from them. Those are still very good numbers, even though the contextual elements are still sort of tilted in their favor.
1: Yeah, another note as well is you know if we look at this, like the rounds have looked fantastic. Matthew Stafford looks like this is just a dream landing spot for him so they're really going to be a a team to contend with in the nfc in terms of you know you mentioned the teams in the afc that are are trying to compete to get to the super bowl the rams are definitely going to be in that mix but if we look at their schedule over the next couple of weeks they get the lions then they get houston then they get tennessee so the next two weeks we're looking at a dream scenario is there the only problem might be that they might be so far ahead that they might you know rest the the starters quite early but we'll see how it plays out but they do after week nine go into a, a much tougher schedule with San Francisco a buy in week eleven, then Green Bay, Jacksonville, Arizona. And it might be a situation there that, you know, week nine after week nine might be the, the sell high point on this um offense, you know, as they go towards as, as I guess we go towards the the playoffs. So uh, but you know, Cooper Cup has looked fantastic. But I, I always like seeing those strength of schedules moving forward because, you know. The one we talk about a lot on the show, but there's there's numerous examples, is David Montgomery last year and how how that worked out in terms of the the schedule moving forward. So, LA looked to be in a, a really strong spot here, but I have to say, Cup is the one you would like to have on those rosters. But Sean, just last part of it is, what is your expectations versus maybe three to four weeks ago on Woods, who at this you know kind of started off really slow this season, but has has picked up a lot over the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, we talked about Cup not necessarily being a sell yet uh, a couple weeks ago, but that Woods was a clear buy because the offense was functioning so well. Matthew Stafford was looking good. Woods had been more effective than Cup over the last several seasons. That wasn't necessarily something where we thought was going to swing back in Woods' favor necessarily, but it wouldn't have to swing back in his favor for him to be just a good buy overall. And, On the last three weeks, the numbers have been closer, a 21-18 edge in receptions for Cup, 286 to 229 in yards. Both of the guys score two touchdowns. That air conversion number for Woods is actually better than Cup over the last three weeks. So uh, a lot of similarities in terms of the things that they're doing. Cup still, you know, the better cutting ability, the ability to get open at a rate that Woods just doesn't quite do. But The way that the guys complement each other, they do have the deep threat in Deshaun Jackson. They can use Van Jefferson a little bit there. They've got a good tight end. You have Daryl Henderson playing well and forcing teams to respect the run game. So yeah, Woods has bounced back as we expected and has been one of the better wide receivers over these last three weeks.
1: Yeah, and the final thing just on on that particular set of tools, you can go in and check which you know players to buy by position as well so if you're looking at wide receivers to buy if we look at you know the the filter overall like most of the titles can be like a traffic light system and if we're looking at pittsburgh for example um when it comes to the kind of playoff time like 14 15 16 17 they probably have the softest schedule for wide receivers but you can look ahead throughout all the positions all the teams to see maybe who are some players to target in certain spots? Maybe your team is off to a you know 6-0 no start, a 5-1 start, and you're thinking ahead to the playoffs. Maybe you can make some moves to, to get those guys onto the rosters ahead of time. But we are going to talk about more wide receivers. We're going to do that right after this
0: break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: sean we uh, almost touched on it on tuesday's show i mentioned after the show that it took all my willpower to not dive in <laughs> to start talking about cd lamb uh, at that point when we were starting to to run a little longer on the show but you know I, I was on twitter i know sean you're not on those those twitter streets at the moment but we uh you know around the second quarter maybe um the, the, the cd lamb concern was really growing we had obviously a number of weeks in a row where things weren't working out fantastically but uh by the end of this game with the, the New England Patriots, all those doubts and concerns were well and truly washed away. Nine for 149 and two touchdowns. Got that walk-off touchdown to seal the game as well. Um, it was pretty quiet for those three weeks, but um, you know, hit 14 targets in that in that particular span overall, but then ends up with nine receptions here in, in this game that goes to overtime. But I'm really hoping it's the, the sign of things to come. I don't expect this line every week, but I can't see how the Cowboys have, have gone with this. They have their bye week this week. Obviously, Dak's a bit uh, banged up, but hopefully he'll be back after that. But the Cowboys can't see this and say, yeah, we need to give him less targets uh, next week. And I, I did touch on it, but I don't know if this really factored in, was some of the games where he didn't get those targets, they were either not throwing the ball a lot or they were blowing teams out. In this game, they really needed to, to dig deep into that kind of <laughs> bag of tricks that they had and, and lamb was their go-to in a lot of those occasions.
2: He was. And, you know, we're sitting here now and it's obviously, hindsight's a it is. it is, <laughs> And I think it was justified to be a little bit concerned, you know, at, at halftime in that game, you look at the situation where he hadn't had a wide receiver one performance since week one, he'd had the two really poor performances in weeks three and week four One of the things, again, kind of going in and looking at the matchup tool there, when you see a little bit softer schedule for the running game and you see the tougher schedule for the passing game during this stretch where he'd been down, it was one of the tougher schedules for receivers in all of football. Going forward, it really is sort of hit and miss where you have some very positive games, some very negative games, but it's a very positive schedule overall. It's also a schedule where – In many cases, they're going to need to throw to get the job done. And one of the things that we saw in this game, and I think that they'll probably emphasize now, or at least will be part of their planning as they go into this buy. I think that sometimes the teams with the good running games who can really control the clock, they can control the entire feel of the contest, will end up leaning into that a little bit too much. And you can get into this mindset of, okay, they're going to try and take away our stars, out there on the perimeter, will just dominate the middle of the field. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard running free. Dalton Schultz has been one of the really revelatory players of the 2021 season. They've been using those guys very dynamically. But this game with the Patriots, and there were some fluky things that happened. I mean, the Cowboys probably had a little bit better control of the action than the score actually indicated as you get toward the end there. But when you do that, you have – some problems in the running game. You do have to punt. If you have a turnover, if you're not blowing out a team like this, then you've given them a chance to win. And that's not the way this game should have played out. They shouldn't have needed Lamb's heroics late. And I think they're going to go to these guys, and especially Lamb, because he is the star. Earlier, make sure they emphasize the passing game. Use Dak Prescott. It's not like Elliott and Pollard are going to be sidelined or you know relegated to third fourth you know fifth priority but i mean you got to go out there and and put it on people and lamb is the guy who will allow you to do that they let themselves get too passive over the previous month and it almost cost them in this game against the patriots i don't think they're going to fall into that situation again but it is a situation where looking back we can see how the schedule played a role and there's reason for a lot of enthusiasm going forward But, you know, part of this, too, is one of the things that we see with the breakouts for some of these young players, and they don't necessarily happen all at once. They don't necessarily happen right away. We can go through some different stages of this. So we may go through, you know, another little bit of a downstretch for Lamb when you have so many other weapons and when against a lot of teams you really can control the clock and the ball on the ground. But this isn't the last explosion that we get from him either. I think we have multiple more 30-point games coming from C.D. Lamb this year.
1: No, I think so too. I think it was a very positive sign, but I, I think, like you said, when we look at the kind of opportunities to buy, say, for example, in schedule, sometimes those schedules that are red may in fact lead to having to use somebody like Lamb more, so that the talent match change through. But i'm i'm very happy that we at least got something to ease those concerns and when you can ease the concerns with you know, 149 yards and two touchdowns that will will help a lot somebody shown that we didn't have last week to get those points on the board with the bye week but is back is on that main event team and is somebody that we targeted well i targeted a lot less than his wide receiver partner that is uh brandon who's on a lot of rosters of mine but debo samuel has looked phenomenal he's at number three and points per game so far this season i was expecting it that basically you know ayuk would be doing what samuel's in but i'm glad to have him on that on that roster but any concerns moving forward now out of the bye week i'm hoping that we see ayuk get more involved but i still think that samuel's role is pretty pretty strong here especially with the the way that things have gone for for kettle so far this season so I don't think we can have any predictions on that backfield ever again, but how's things looking for the the 49ers wide receivers?
2: It looks good, I think. And you had mentioned Ayuk, and he's another guy where sometimes these breakouts that we're expecting to happen don't happen exactly on our schedule. And so in Dynasty Leagues, he's one of the best buys out there. right? So if you have a chance to go pick him up, I mean, in some situations, he's going to almost be a throw-in type of player for – people who need to win now who are very frustrated about what his role has been. He has not jumped out and made plays this season. And there are some concerns with the quarterback situation, but even though it's, it's really frustrating for all the teams that stashed Trey Lance, all of the dynasty super flex managers who, you know, use that early rookie pick on him for this season Uh, In some ways, I think it's almost a little bit of a relief that he's going to be able to take a step back now, get healthy from his injury, watch from the sidelines. The stretch that he played didn't go particularly well. It did fit with the narrative that the 49ers have been spinning where they really do want him to sit this season. And Garoppolo, if he can be back and healthy, you do have a lot of pieces. This 49ers offense uh, just hasn't been what we expected from a running game perspective, and that hasn't set up the other players to be as explosive or have as many scoring opportunities as we would normally expect. Now, Samuel has benefited from some broken coverages, scored some long touchdowns. We don't necessarily expect that to continue, but his target volume with Garoppolo back and Kittle still out with Ayuk not asserting himself should be very, very high. And so one of the things we've been discussing throughout the season is how his target profile is actually moving in that direction of, you know, more of that Uh, DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs type of player. Now, Samuel isn't going to have the vertical ability that Diggs has, but when you move those targets to where he now has some intermediate targets to go with the manufacturer touches, the overall profile is just fantastic, right? I mean, don't necessarily want guys, uh, you know, Ben and I talked about it on Stealing Bananas, where DJ Moore just put up a very frustrating game in which he had over 200 air yards. And so that game could have been huge. At the same time, it was structured in such a way that there was more risk because the individual plays had a higher chance of busting with someone like Samuel and the target profile he has right now, you have such a high floor as well. And so I'm very excited to have Samuel. He's kind of our main guy on the redraft teams based on the prices. And it's one that has paid off very, very well. And so one of the things that we had talked about was, you know, different ways to accomplish the Robert Woods scoring profile at a lot lower price. Several of those guys at this point have gotten injured and are out. And so, you know, it's harder to identify whether or not you were right or wrong on that when some of the discount plays simply aren't on the field. But Samuel a guy, who is out there, is playing extremely well. And I expect it to continue, not quite to the level that it's been, but he's definitely not someone I'd be trying to sell. We look at the second half of the season, too, and in the Monday article, just sort of fancifully in some ways, looking at some guys that you could buy if you were selling Cup in a couple weeks, not quite yet, but it's, it's never too early to start sort of planning these out, uh, priming the other manager with some friendly discussions, getting a sense of, you know, what they would want to do, what you want to do. If you're going to move Cup, then you not only have to get a really good receiver back, you've got to make some impressive gains kind of on the undercard. You know, if it's a two for two, that second player has to really be tilted in your favor. But Samuel is one of those guys. And we look at some of the sort of the fun players. When we talk about from weeks 11 to 17, the Steelers, 49ers, Cowboys, Cardinals, they rank two, four, six, and eight respectively. If we just look at the final three weeks, the fantasy playoffs, Pittsburgh, Arizona, and San Francisco rank one, two, and three. And so Samuel's going to have a great schedule for putting up some big points when you need it the most, right? You look at his week 16, his week 17, they have Tennessee, they have Houston. Those are games where you can score a lot of points. Now, as you mentioned before, there's always a possibility that in the championship game, they score some running touchdowns early. The team doesn't really need to play in the fourth quarter you have that possibility, but that possibility assumes that you've already put up, you know, 35, 40 points. And so we'll take those points and hopefully they go through our guy. Samuel, somebody I think is going to, at the end of the season, be talked about in the same way that Cup is right now, where he's really the guy who determined who won in 2021.
1: Yeah, at the moment, definitely. It seems like You know, teams if they have the likes of Cup and Henry are are really in a nice position. But um, we'll see how it shakes out as the season does progress. It's going to be interesting because you know you can even say if we think we're potentially halfway point, but a lot of stuff can happen if we look back year on year at how things turn around. You mentioned also Ayuk and you know in dynasty leagues, if he is somebody I think that you can get on those rosters. I think like it might never he might never find what he had last year again. But I think there's a very high possibility that we will see that kind of come back and still very young uh lots of potential and you know if we look at the kind of i guess the the thought process of drafting him over samuel um and and the offseason basically the roles have reversed and you know samuel is now at probably the value at Ayuk was and vice versa and we've seen how quickly it's turned around for uh, samuel in just five games so we could be talking in week 12 week 13 <laughs> things could have changed again so uh, definitely if you can get him in those dynasty leagues i would still be uh, going and trying and do that and you can likely get it at a much much lower price than it
2: would have been um seven eight weeks ago but i mean colin right now samuel is at 50 targets and is at 16 so (laughs) the yardage is 548 to 90 and so i mean based on what we've seen with both of these guys as rookies and then samuel's second season essentially wiped out i mean they're on similar trajectories you know Ayuk had the injuries in training camp this season you know i i wouldn't say okay well let's just wait to year three and then in year three he's going to have this first month of the season that samuel has had but the crazy splits that we're seeing right now i mean that, that those aren't going to continue
1: yeah let's hope uh, you know at the end of the season if we get a thousand yards uh, for samuel and we only have 180 yards for Ayuk, then maybe we'll say that we were we were wrong but let's i i don't think that's going to happen i'm very very uh, excited still to have him on the rosters that i do have and i will be trying to get some more of them because we do see time and time again where where things for one reason or another may not work out over a four or five week sample and things then do pick up and uh, let's hope that's the case with ayuk but getting ready to wrap up today's show it is the second one of the week we will be back on saturday with another show i teased it earlier we should have a show this sunday as well a bonus show for you if you are a listener to the show that does give you access to the listeners only 10 percent discount some of the stuff we talked about on today's show including the tools and including most of the stuff we talked through today is in one of sean's recent pieces up on the website but lots of great tools and information up there as well And, and another new tool that is uh very enjoyable is the monday review as well if you want to head on over and check that out you get access to all of the content all of the tunes up on the site with that Rotoviz pass and all you have to do is use the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information that is the end of today's episode my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host as always is sean seal check out sean's work up on the website and of course check out Stadium bananas as well with ben gretch on your podcast feed and until saturday have a good one.